Sims the freshman. Sims had to hustle it, and he's got it to give. He handles in. Oh, man, give. Touchdown. And now going for the end zone, and caught for the touchdown by Zay Flowers. Oh, he's coming pressure. He spins out of it. Now he's got to get rid of it. Has a receiver open to the end zone, and a touchdown. Into the boundary, Fitzpatrick juggled it, and it is intercepted. Divine Diablo comes away with the carol. And welcome to today's episode of the Pipeline ACC Podcast. I am Dan Siegel from ACC Content. I am joined, as always, by Jason Gibbs. Jason, how are we doing? Dan, lovely as always, and I can't believe it, man. Less than a week away from the college football season. What a time to be alive. It is just incredible to think about the fact that a week from today, we are going to be recording our first official Pipeline HTC podcast week preview. Wild to think about. Can't wait, man. Cannot wait. For today, though, we will uh, keep with the general content for ACC football. We're going to be talking breakout players for each team. We'll be doing the Atlantic Division today and the Coastal Division next episode. But, Jason, before we get to that, I have a confrontation to make towards you. Okay, a confrontation. All yeah, right. I have to confront you about something. Okay. <laughs> so you, you've been hyping up Phil Dracovic. <laughs> Not this already. <laughs> this entire offseason. Okay. And you decide with Phil Dracovic still on the board in our pipeline ACC players only fantasy football draft to pick Brennan Armstrong. Now, I don't think this is a terrible pick because remember rushing yards in fantasy football count as double passing yards but it's just I feel like it contradicts everything you said man so either i'm a con man or or and this is more likely i kind of showed up to the draft uh, uh, just a few minutes before it started right that's that's on me i should have been there i was unfamiliar with um we used fan tracks by the way and i was kind of unfamiliar with it. i hadn't used it before and so when i logged on i I'm on my phone uh, and because that was where I clicked on the link and it was, the screen was microscopic, right? I, I could not believe how small it was. And so I, I'm having to like zoom in to look and see what the players are. And then I'd pick one, but then it would ask you to verify that's what you picked. And so I'd have to zoom out the try and find the okay button right so it was a total disaster from the get-go i was afraid to switch over to the computer because i was afraid i wouldn't get in or i would be you know locked out or something like that so i was like totally panicking and it got my pick i had the last pick in the first round and of course you know it's a snake draft so then the first pick in the second round and i'm looking at the players that they had listed and i and i see brennan armstrong and i'm like totally zoned out I, I at this point i'm like i'm i'm really panicking that i'm gonna you know just blow these two picks and brendan armstrong i think was ranked like third i think he was only behind how and uyungle which are obviously were the first two picks and so i picked him and in a second like probably uh, i don't know a few picks later i see jerkovic pop up on the board and i was thinking why why did i do this i was afraid it, because it was so early 
and the way the draft is, and it was ACC only, I was afraid if I don't get a QB now, um, I'm, it might be slim pickings by the time I get to come around again because, it, you know, I, I'm the last pick. But it was <laughs> – I really felt like it, I short-circuited the rest of the draft. I have zero confidence in my team. No, I, I didn't think it was a bad pick. That's the thing. I'm just saying it was contradictory, is that the word, <laughs> to everything you've said. And <laughs> I haven't even talked Brennan Armstrong that much. I mean, I have some, but – I've been driving the Dracovic hype train all year and then it derails because I was looking at some microscopic uh, fantasy board, but such is life. I, now I can only cheer against Dracovic. I got to I get, get on the Brennan Armstrong hype train, I guess. No, the quarterback was definitely the way to go though, because those are the guys that you know are going to give you sustained production and in college football running backs and wide receivers I suggest you use this strategy too if you're doing fantasy drafts running backs and the wide receivers you don't know a they're much more injury prone and b you don't know who they're going to be splitting their time with and if somebody else emerges quarterback you know they're going to be taking all the snaps and they're going to be getting production on mo on at least 50 percent of the plays whether it's them running the ball or them passing the ball so yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Howe and Uyunglele are top two by probably a wide margin, fantasy-wise. And I, I think probably that second tier is an Armstrong or Djokovic or whatever. But when I had the last pick in the round, I was thinking, if I don't get one now, I mean, I'm probably looking at, I don't know, I don't know, maybe uh, Malik Cunningham, maybe? He might have already been gone. Hartman, maybe. I was just afraid of getting stuck with, you know, Duke's quarterback or, or Syracuse's quarterback or something like that and and just really taking an L for the vast majority of, uh, of the year. No. I mean, Hartman actually wouldn't have been a bad pick because Wake is going to be throwing the ball a lot this year. They're going to have a high-powered offense. They run a lot of plays. A lot of plays mean a lot of chances for yards. But yeah, yeah, but what I was worried about is if there was just a run of quarterbacks, I wouldn't have even gotten Hartman. I, I would have been, like, literally there's, um, because there's gambling eight. on Tommy DeVita. <laughs> there's eight and then he doesn't even play. <laughs> there's eight teams, and everybody needs a quarterback. Some people pick two quarterbacks, so, yeah. Definitely agree with that. But another thing I was upset about, and we'll, we'll get to the breakout players in a second, but another thing I was upset about was the fact that Billy Kemp had the UVA really just a wide receiver, but he was listed as a running back as well. You picked him up, dual eligibility, that's key, because you could play him at running back or wide receiver. But great Keaton pick, great Thompson, pick. Keaton Thompson, his teammate, was only eligible as a quarterback, and he's like the ultimate Swiss Army knife of college football. So, <laughs> like the take some hell, basically. Yeah, I, th I brought this up on, I think it was on Twitter. Um, there was a, a few years ago, and someone responded with the answer. It was a few years ago where the Vikings had a string of injuries at their quarterback position, and they ended up starting Joe Webb who was a quarterback in college, but he was a wide receiver at this point in the NFL. So he ends up being their starting quarterback against the Eagles. But for fantasy purposes, you could start him at wide receiver. So you could have essentially started two quarterbacks that week. And 
I think he won a lot of people uh, their games that week. All right, what we're going to do, each of us are going to read our uh, team real quick and kind of just give a very, very brief assessment of it. I'll go first. So my quarterback was DJ Uyunglele, running back Sean Tucker, wide receivers Jordan Addison and Kyrick McGowan, Georgia Tech wide receiver, who I think has a big year. James Mitchell at tight end, BT Potter, my auto-picked kicker. Uh, Virginia Tech defense will probably drop because they're playing Virginia Tech week one. My bench was Israel Abanacanda, Bo Corrales, Joseph Ngata, and Dontavion Wicks. I think my team is probably – I don't think I have the best team. I think our guy Ryan from NCAAF Nation has the best team naturally. What a surprise. What a surprise. <laughs> But I, I like my bench, and I think I have good – I think I like the strategy that I picked three wide receivers on my bench so I can really rotate them in depending on the matchup. But what about your team? Yeah, so um, I have the aforementioned Brennan Armstrong. I hate to disappoint Boston College fans. I have uh, Tyson Chandler – or um, Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler, sorry. Tyson Chandler was the uh, – the old um next yeah <laughs> yeah uh for running back tosh harris wide receiver obviously billy kemp the fourth other wide receiver trey berry from boston college foreshadowing at tight end uh on my bench i got kobe pace lawrence toafili foreshadowing uh carter wide receiver from georgia tech and ladson wide receiver from clemson those were kind of flyers you know it's obviously the ball is going to be spread around justin ross and players like that for clemson are going to get the ball so i'm i'm hoping if someone gets nicked up maybe ladson can come in and and uh put up put up some points maybe catch a miracle touchdown or something i don't know for defense i kind of went off i don't know i've had this one guy who's who's been in my dms and is really 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 talking up UNC's defense. Now, UNC's defense last year was atrocious and it's backed up by lots of metrics, but they did have a lot of injuries. They had a lot of COVID issues and opt-outs. So maybe I maybe I drank the Kool-Aid too much with this guy. He, he's just really talked them up. So I took a flyer on him. I, may, I probably should have just played defense week to week. I know some of the guys are going to do that, but UNC my defense. Streaming defenses. That's the fantasy football thing. I used to do that for the NFL fantasy football. I'm back to picking my best defense. But I think in college it works better for the matchups because it's not like an even playing field in the NFL. Like in college, there's – you know if you're going to play Duke or Syracuse or – Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that said, I, I'm and we've, we've gone over this, you know, on one of our other award-winning podcasts – UNC does have the schedule this year. If they're ever going to have a great year, if they're ever going to, like, go as far as they can go, this might be the year. You know, they avoid Clemson. They avoid some maybe harder games. They have Miami, but they have them at home. So there are some potential, you know, good matchups. So, again, I, I probably should have streamed them, like you said, but – I was, I was too discombobulated at that point. All right, let's get to uh, our breakout players, though. We've got uh, – we're doing the Atlantic Division today. We're going to be picking – each picking. So, two breakout players for each team, or possibly one if we have a breakout agreement. 
for uh, each Atlantic team in the ACC. Do you want to go? So I think there's two ways we could go through this, two orders, or kind of three orders. We could go alphabetical order, so that's pretty simple. It's pretty self-explanatory. We could go our standing prediction order, or we could go a reverse standing prediction order and build up to the top. How do you want to do this? Well, I wrote them down in alphabetical order, so it would probably be easiest for me to <laughs> All right. be alphabetical. So we'll start with our Boston College Eagles. Jason, who's your breakout player for the BC? Well, the aforementioned tight end stud, Trey Berry. So Trey Berry is a transfer FCS. He was an FCS All-American. And, you know, I've obviously driven the Dracovic hype train all year and until I got to the fantasy draft and then I blew it. But Hunter Long gone for the Eagles. We have Zay Flowers on the outside. We've, all, we've already talked about Halfley, uh, Coach Halfley throwing the ball a lot. Somebody has to pick up that production in the middle. And I think it's going to be Trey Berry. I think he's, he's going to have a great year. I think he could like really rise up some draft boards. Uh, could get, you know, in the middle of that field, maybe a red zone threat. So I'm going with Trey Berry for Boston College, tight end. Yeah, the thing about him, he scored a lot of touchdowns or – he was a big red zone threat, and he also was a big play threat. I think he averaged something like 16, 17 yards per reception at uh, – I forgot where he went, but somewhere in the FCS. Jalen Gill would be mine, though, another receiver um, for Boston College. He's at wide out – started at Ohio State, so kind of went a different path to get to Boston College, started from the top. But he didn't do much there. He played last year at BC. And caught 29 passes for 435 yards and a touchdown. So another guy who every time he touches the ball, big things happen. Um, and I I don't know. I, I really think that for the same logic that you had, Jacoby's going to get a lot of passing yards. So somebody's going to have to step up. And he's a, probably my favorite guy in the receiving room. I think also they could be creative with him. He's very versatile. We didn't see him carry the ball much last year, but I think, he could be used out of the backfield as well. And BC is going to need to potentially get creative ways to pick up rushing yards. They're not going to be able to just do those ISO mm-hmm. runs or just, you know, yeah, on the ball forward, yeah. and try to grind it out there because their running back room is not as good as some of the others in the ACC. So that's going to be my pick, Jalen Gill. Yeah, just a point of clarity. You said um, Gill was your favorite wide receiver in the wide receiver room that can't possibly includes a flowers no i oh i didn't even say i'm i meant behind Zay flowers behind Zay, okay i thought so but i just wanted to make no, wow you. he really is gonna have a breakout year <laughs> thank you for the correction no Zay flowers not only gets the seal of approval from fans but i'm pretty sure the players um some of the players i've talked to say Zay flowers is the best that they face so yeah yeah even our guy trey clark yeah yeah Yep. All right. For Clemson, uh, mine pretty straightforward. Going to be their quarterback, DJ Uyunglele, my second overall pick in our fantasy pipeline, ACC fantasy draft. I mean, we've talked about him a lot, so there's not much more I have to add, but I think he's just – the Clemson offense is going to continue to roll. He's the next man in charge, obviously has uh, great arm talent, and 
like I said, I have enough faith in him that I picked him second overall in fantasy. He's going to obviously put up a lot of yards, and we'll see him tested week one against Georgia. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a great pick. You know, he played two games last year, lit it up for those two games. And we've talked about that we the offense might take a minor step back this year, and the defense is probably going to take a, a, a pretty big step forward. Not that it was bad last year, but I think it's going to be stellar this year. I'm going to kind of go – off the radar a little bit and I'm going to go with uh cornerback Andrew Booth because you know we just talked about the defense stepping forward if he can be consistent he has the athleticism and the playmaking abilities and you know Clemson monster guys up front with Brasees, Avery Thomas, Miles Murphy going to be getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback uh, pressure on the quarterback equals quick throws quick throws means possible bad throws, possible interceptions, pass defended. And so I'm actually going to go with Andrew Booth for Clemson. I like that pick. I mean, I think he's kind of maybe broken out already, but I think the maybe the um, his talent is still not equal to his performance on the field. I mean, he is insanely athletic. You you can see that based on the um, – what was it? I think it was UVA, the, the game that he had that insane one-handed pick. Yeah. And that wasn't the only time that he's made spectacular plays like that. So Yeah, he just needs to keep that consistency up. I think if he does that, he'll kind of – it'll it'll all level out. You know what I mean? Yeah, because being a corner is not just about getting interceptions. It's about locking guys down. So Right. All right, Florida State, who you went with? Well, I foreshadowed twice in my fantasy league, and I'm going to keep it going with – I'm going with running back Lawrence Toafili. Mm. You know, he's going to – I don't know if he can necessarily be the number one guy, and we talked about that with running backs. But he's probably going to share, you know, carries with Deshaun Corbin or whatever. But last year, 37 rushes, 356 yards, 9.6 yards per carry, two touchdowns. I just think he kind of has that 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 burst. I think he has the potential to have some kind of home run. I, we saw him take it to the house against Duke, 73 yards, that kind of home run hitting ability. So I like Toa Feely here. We've talked about Mike Norvell, can and with Mackenzie Milton coming in, can they kind of get that offense going? They've lost some guys on the outside. Maybe uh, a running back takes up the slack, so that's why I'm going with Toa Feely. Yeah, he he very explosive guy. 187 breakaway yards, which are yards on carries of 15 plus, and just 37 carries. So that's a really good average just on breakaway yards, just on yards after 15. So that's yeah. that says a lot about him. I'm gonna go with um on the other side of the ball. I'm gonna go with the quarterback Jarvis Brownlee Jr. So he played alongside Asante Samuel Jr. last year. Played pretty well. Physical, despite his smaller size, very good, especially underneath and blanketing receivers. Might need a little bit of work getting burned on, like, double moves and stuff downfield. But he's going to be CB1 this year, and I think Florida State needs somebody in their defense to really step up. And I think Jarvis Brownlee Jr. isn't the guy to do that. Yeah, it's a good pick, man. I'm, I'm very much I, – I think – I had that actually in my article, so I – contradicted my article with a couple of these picks but i wrote the um preseason awards articles went through the teams or were still in the midst of that but 
one of the awards was preseason um, breakout player of the year award by team. And that was what I picked for Florida State, Jarvis Brownlee Jr. I actually had Toa Feely as my offensive MVP. So Nice. Yeah. So we're kind of Good thing I read those articles <laughs> and used them, used them against you in your fantasy drafts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we've got Louisville and a team I'm probably higher on than a lot of other people. And I picked their running back, Jalen Mitchell. He played behind JV on Hawkins as a redshirt freshman last year, but then Hawkins ended up opting out about a little, like a couple games left in the season. So Jalen Mitchell got some time when he opted out. Six of his 52 rushes, Went for 10-plus yards, so another explosive guy. Ran for 4.1 yards per attempt after contact. So every attempt, he averaged 4.1 yards after contact. That is pretty incredible. He's known for his power, but his elusiveness and agility is underrated. So I'm, I'm pretty high on Jalen Mitchell kind of breaking out and being that next good back for Louisville. You know, you – You've talked a lot about how much of a believer you are in the Louisville defense this year, and you kind of talk me, you kind of sway me. Uh, the more you, you, the more you talk, the more examples you give. And, and I'm actually going to go with a defensive player here. I'm going to go with a linebacker Marvin Dallas. You know, he was injured versus Florida State, uh, and he was playing behind Burns, so he didn't get as much playing time. But after the spring, he was voted the most improved on defense. So, in a Cardinal defense that I mean a Cardinal team that's been really focused on defense this year he's been most improved so he, he's going to be a starter he could he really could end up being a beast here so I like Dallas uh, in the middle of that defense that Cardinals defense to, to make a lot of plays no there's no better better way to uh, detect what's going on in camp than ask the players who are actually participating in camp so I like that definitely a good approach to this but uh, next up, we got NC State, North Carolina State Wolfpack, who we are pretty high on this year, as a lot of people are taking the over on that six win uh, over under total. Who did you go with for the pack? Kind of, I'm maybe a little bit off the radar here. I'm going with offensive guard Dylan McMahon. You know, he played right guard some and left guard. He, he might probably um, – going to move over to left guard this year but wherever he's playing he's a road grader you know good hands and feet the pack you know explosive running game maybe maybe challenging boston college for the best offensive line in the conference we'll see but i really think uh dylan mcmahon's going to be one of those guys that's going to be that kind of centerpiece that anchor to that wolf line maybe give uh, quarterback devin leary some protection keep him upright and, and get guys like um, Zonovan and Ricky Person going. So I'm going with Dylan McMahon. I wanted to fit some offensive lineman in here just to say that I went that I recognized the whole team. I couldn't do it, so I'm glad that you did. That's a good pick with McMahon. But for me, I went with another cornerback on the defensive side of the ball for NC State. I went with Shaheem Battle. Um, so if you look at his statistics last year. He was picked apart at times as a redshirt freshman, but he played very well in specific against UNC. And he covered a bunch of guys, a little bit of Diami Brown, much more of actually his brother, Shafri Brown. He was targeted seven times in that game, 
and he only gave up three catches for 16 yards. So he played pretty much the whole game. Obviously, his counterparts in the defensive backfield did not hold up as well because NC State got killed by UNC in that game. But individually, he had a good performance. I think the experience that he had last year will help. And our guy, uh, Light It Red, talked a lot about his skill set when he came on our pod a month or two ago. Very good, especially against smaller receivers. So interesting kind of thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, that that's a good thought because, like you said, it, the secondary is probably the weakest part of the of that pack defense. And so, that you know, that means there's an opportunity to break out. And so, great pick. Yeah, and then uh, for Syracuse, which will be our next team, the Orange, I went with another corner. So, three of my seven picks were cornerbacks. I guess you know what I'm thinking about. The fact that a lot of VBs are kind of gone this year and in the ACC, there's that the defensive backfield production is going to have to be revamped. So I went with the cornerback Garrett Williams. So the reason I picked him is everybody will focus on the trio last year. Trio Williams, Andre Sisco, Ify Melifamu. But Garrett Williams was the piece that played the most last year. He was pretty much the only piece in that defensive backfield that played the whole season. And statistically, he might have had the best season of anybody, actually. What really um, impressed me the most was the fact that his best games were against the best teams that he played. UNC, Clemson, and Notre Dame were the, were the games he had the highest grades in. He averaged a grade of about 75 in each of those games, which is qualified as between good and great by PFF. So I'm very high in Garrett Williams this year. I think he's going to be the alpha of this defense alongside Michael Jones linebacker yeah i mean i that's a good pick and i actually almost went with that one but i'm i think you and i when you zig i zag so i went on the offensive side of the ball i'm gonna kind of i'm gonna kind of cheat a little bit and i'm gonna say wide receiver uh, courtney jackson and uh, wide receiver javante williams so obviously the 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 crux of the attention for the defense is going to be on wide receiver Taj harris so somebody's got to, somebody else has got to step up. So if Harris is drawing double coverage, hopefully not because he's on my fantasy team. But if he is, who's going to step up? Is it going to be Jackson, five foot ten guy? You know, uh, can maybe play in the slot, or will Williams, six foot guy, two hundred pounds out of uh, Belgrade, Florida, can can one of those guys kind of take the pressure off? You know, we've talked about how porous. Um, Syracuse's offensive line has been in the past and you know maybe maybe some of these guys are quick slants they can take the ball get get some yak up the field uh, move the chains keep the ball going and obviously Syracuse going to be you know just are they're going to be one of the worst teams in the conference so there's oftentimes they're going to be down and when you're down you're throwing the ball and so maybe one of these guys can have a, a breakout year. Yeah, and do you think he'll be the best Javante Williams to come out of this conference? <laughs> if he is, I really call this one right. <laughs> well, I see I, you know, when I was looking at it, I was like, wait a minute, that name sounds awfully familiar. <laughs> it's, it's actually spelled different, though. There's an A in Javante yes, Williams. There that's true. Player, and there's no A, it's just J O A. B-O-N-T-E, not T-A-E mm -hmm. in the UNC player, so. Yeah, exactly. All right, next, our 
And last but not least, our Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Who'd you go with for them? So I'm actually this is this might be a little bit of a stretch, but I'm going with tight end Blake Whitehart. Now, obviously, tight end Brandon Chapman is is you know the kind of superstar of the tight end room, if you will, for the Demon Deacons. But Whitehart played nine games last year, only had five catches, 61 yards. So not a lot of production. So plenty of chance to break out. Six foot four. He's a hometown Winston-Salem guy. What's better than to cheer for the guy, the hometown guy, the hometown hero? And, you know, we've talked about that Demon Deacon offense potentially being, you know, maybe averaging over 30 points a game this year, 35 points a game. And those points and yards have to come somewhere. So, you know, Robertson's on the outside. He's obviously going to a big playmaker and, and Hartman at, at quarterback. So I, I'm hoping this, while this is like a little bit off the radar, I'm hoping Whiteheart can kind of settle into that role and, and, and put up some good stats. I'm going along the same theme as you, but I'm going to be going with our uh, another pick from our kind of underrated wide receiver you. I think that we think about the wide receiver use and we have obviously like the Clemsons and Alabamas and LSUs of the world. But I think Wake is kind of like that. All right. Maybe not. They're, they're top 10. How about that? Top 10 there in the go. country and wide okay. receiver you. And not Donovan Green out for, I think, the season, if not a while. I'm going to go with Jamal Banks, another wide receiver. He redshirted last year, but has nice size at uh, 6'4". I've heard a lot of great things about him from training camp. And somebody's got to be wide receiver, too. There's guys like Taylor Maureen, A.C. Perry, guys like that. None of them really stood out to the level that Roberson did, obviously. But Donovan Green would have definitely been the next guy for me. And he's Mm -hmm. Injured, so that's why I'm going to go with Banks to potentially be a guy to break out, kind of like how Roberson did it last year. Yeah, good pick. I mean, somebody, like you said, somebody has to step up, right? Can't be just a Jaquiri Roberson show, so it has to be somebody else. And, um, you know, maybe they get some yards from the running game, but they're going to be passing a lot. So, solid pick. Maybe one – either between me and you, maybe one of these guys will break out. Yeah, I'm, we'll definitely keep an eye on this at the end of this year. We'll kind of see that we'll kind of use this with our um, with our standing Hopefully prediction. this doesn't end up on our freezing takes episode. Oh, I, don't worry. I have ambitions to make that. It'll be a lot of work, but I will, but I will do it. I don't know if we're going to be doing recordings of us talking about it or just like takes that I reread, but – Right. I'm very much looking forward to that. But to get old takes exposed, obviously we have to have a season. So we'll see the crazy things that happen this season preview coming up for week one in a week. But until then, we will be doing our breakout players. We did the Atlantic today. We'll be doing the Coastal later this week. So with that being said, Jason, appreciate your time. Thank you for listening um, for everybody. Please subscribe to our podcast. Um, that would be greatly appreciated so we could pop up on your feed as we release our episodes right away. But until then, once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Pipeline ACC Podcast.